Welcome to Connecting the Dots, the podcast where we share our stories from the battlefield of consulting. I'm your host, Johnny Hill. I'm Leslie Mitchell. I'm Phil Gambling. Hey, I'm Kareem Jamal. Today, we're discussing how to ensure that your project kickoff meeting sets you and your team up for success. Let's get started. So I think the first question is like, why is it so important to start on the right note when you're starting a new project? Like, why is that such a big deal? I mean, you're gonna, so in most cases, this is a many months engagement and you're gonna be working with these people for a long time. And so you, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna build a team, right? You want a team that can work together because none of these, none of our projects are about like, soloing the effort you know you have to work with the client work together to get a successful outcome so for me it's about getting everyone on the right foot ready to go and ready to like mesh and work together for the weeks and months to come yeah i agree i think it's also important to think about how you set it up on the right note not just why um, for me, I like to, you know, our CEO, our president talks a lot about storytelling. And when I start a project, I try to do that for the team as well. So I try to give them a good idea of the company outside of the project. So what does the company do? How big are they? When were they founded? How long have they been around? Gives you a good idea of sort of the big picture and where your project fits in in that company. And then start talking about the project and the goals and sort of the motivation behind what the client is asking for. I think that that helps uh, get everybody on the same page and have their mind in the right state to start working together. I think it can also help like avoid some of that uh, imposter syndrome that some people may have because there may be questions about the project or about how you're approaching it that people may be uncomfortable asking and they assume that like, oh, well, it's just expected like that we're doing it a certain way and they don't know how to go about asking that. So having that kind of kickoff where just like level set, hey, here's what we're doing at the most basic level. Here's who we're working with. Here's the approach. I think can be helpful, especially for more junior people who might not be comfortable asking those kinds of questions. And keep in mind that the people that were involved in uh, the contract phase may not be the same people that are involved in the project, right? So there might be some stuff that gets lost in between uh, and, you know, slips through the cracks. So just having that to make sure that the new people and the new team that's on this are all working off the same expectations and the same end result, right? What are we going to get at the end of this? That has to be a common shared understanding. I think that imposter syndrome thing. Uh, sometimes like I think we're brought in and it's like there might be a perception of like oh these are the, the consultants they know you know they're the experts and some clients some of the en engineers you'll be paired up with maybe like yeah like afraid to to ask those questions because it's like well I guess they're going to know everything they're here to replace me so there is also a little bit of um, attention you know depending on the type of engagement if you're working alongside uh, existing developers that maybe not understand why, why it was Xperia brought in for this, you know, why couldn't we do this? A lot of times it might just be like, well, there just wasn't enough capacity because you guys are so busy. So we're kind of here to help boost you. Um, but you have to like also try to break that up. And so, yeah, maybe asking even the dumb question early on 
um, kind of establishes that, oh yeah, okay, they're still human beings and they're not like these developer designer gods that I just have to do everything they say because my boss hired them. Um, you know, kind of go back to like, we are all one team and you're going to break down those barriers between companies, between client and consultant. Right. The project's going to go better if you're a team with the people that you're joining in with rather than, yeah, they feel threatened or like they're being replaced by you. Or even just like the fact that like you're setting up time to all get on the same page, you're going to be more efficient doing that at the very beginning rather than halfway through the project when you realize that you're not communicating well and you are not on the same page. Yeah, and I think um, just some of the obvious stuff that maybe we should state is making sure that everybody introduces themselves and and really explains what they can bring to the table and then making sure everybody understands who's responsible for what piece of the project, you know, different kinds of projects or different kinds of engagements have different uh, split of who owns what part of the work. Um, so it's important to communicate that to both the client and uh, your team. Yeah, part of that kind of gets into, you know, it's going to heavily depend on like how you kick off a project to make sure it's a success is going to depend on what kind of project it is. Like there are different types of engagements, there are different types of scopes for that project. So that's that's highly dependent on kind of what the goal is and what the time time frame you're looking at, how many people are on the project, all those kinds of things influence how you go about kicking it off. Yeah, there's also, you know, is this are we completely new to this client? Is the Xperia like, is this their first time working with us? Or is this like follow-on work or new project? Um, that can also change the kicking, you know, kicking off a project with an established client is probably a lot easier, right? Than starting fresh because you may be working with some of the same developers. Usually the um, the decision makers are already really like comfortable with everybody. So it's more of just like a continuing of a good thing. And yeah, if you started the team off well, start the project uh, past projects off well and, and finish them well, then you're going to get more of these new project starts that go get easier and easier. I think that's a good point because you have to be careful, right? You wanna you don't have to do the whole formalized thing all over again, but it's too easy to get a little too lax and comfortable, right? Saying, oh yeah, we worked with these guys before. Let's just go. We'll see what we get when we get there, right? It's still important when you're starting off this next engagement, even if you work with them before, to still outline, hey, here's what we're going to get at the end of this. Here's the path we're taking. And, you know, make sure everyone yeah. is uh, set up on those same expectations again. It's never a bad idea to make sure people are on the same page, even if it's repetitive, <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a great follow-up question, though, is, like, what does this actually practically look like? Like, obviously, we're, we're kind of dancing around it a little bit, but, like, practically speaking, what does it look like to effectively kick off a project and what, what what are some examples of things that you would need to do in that situation? I think it depends on the kind of project. And as Phil was saying earlier, the relationship that you might already have with the client. So for example, if this is a custom development project with a new client, your kickoff is going to be a large group of people. It's probably going to be, well, it would be your entire um, Xperio side team. So the the project team, and then probably most of the stakeholders on the client side are going to attend the kickoff. You would start with some introductions um, from, uh, from Xperio, then you would do some introductions from the client. And then depending on the type of project, you'd most likely have the client talk through their existing situation and, and explain the problem that they're asking us to solve. 
And then those working on the project would try to ask, you know, good informed questions to try to get ahead of some of the things that they might start working on in that initial week. It also depends on if your uh, contract includes some discovery or if it's implementation from the beginning. That sort of question would determine what content you're going over in the kickoff and how in depth you go. Um, if it's something more like a uh, staff AUG or support, you'd probably have a little more informal meeting where you still have those introductions, but the, the scope of what you're talking about and the detail on the project is probably a little bit smaller. Um, and the attendance is probably uh, a fewer people as well. But I think one keynote is ideally there would be an internal meeting before that happens to set right. the expectation for just the internal team too for hey here's here's it'll be there here's kind of what we're doing so that's not all you know hitting people fresh uh, in front of the client for the first time and that way you also have an opportunity to think of questions that you can ask in that meeting with the client yes and absolutely agree regardless oh. sorry phil regardless of the type of project you would do you aim to do that internal call uh, first and I think actually that's a good difference between that good first client call with the team, depending on how well you prepared in that internal meeting, you know, so you may like that can be the difference between some really like sloppy introductions from the dev team to like, hey, you know, make sure everyone understands your role on this project is, you know, X, Y, Z, like that's why you're here, da, da, da. these are past projects we worked on versus like, oh, hey, project starts in five minutes, can everyone join? <laughs> you know, that's probably not going to go well. Preparation is always a good idea. You don't want your people going on and saying, what are we building again? In the yeah. Or even worse, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. A common question we get for these uh, external client kickoffs is, you know, who should be on it? How many people should join, right? Uh, and making sure you have the right people there. Now, you don't want too few people there. You want the whole project team at least. So everyone's on the same page, right? Because we've said that is important. And so having the, the main stakeholders there uh, is definitely important. But you also don't want like 30 people there on the kickoff call because then your whole hour is going to be taken up by introductions, right? And you don't really get anywhere. And so a good rule of thumb is, hey, who out of these people do you want on the daily stand-up, right, that you have? Um, and, you know, plus maybe a couple SMEs, you know, subject matter experts that you want. But keeping it to that core group and then they can disseminate that information if need be, but you want the, the, the kickoff to have a, a reasonable amount of people that are, will be involved on a daily basis. I think an interesting uh, follow-up question to that though is, uh, you know, our, we're obviously talking about that initial kickoff meeting, how to set up the project on the right note. Is there a, it probably partially depends on the type of engagement and all that, but I'm curious just your thoughts on the pros and cons of that being an in-person meeting versus a remote meeting versus kind of a hybrid where some are in-person and some are remote, just some of the considerations depending on the format of that meeting. I think in-person is always going to be the most effective way to meet new people and, and get over those barriers of, you know, developing rapport and stuff. <clears throat> it's not always the most cost-effective. Um, and I'm not really a fan of when it's a hybrid kickoff, some people dial in, some people in person, because then the people who are remote are always going to take like these like uh, second class citizens in that meeting. Um, and that's kind of just true, just like 
client all kinds of project meetings i had one recently and i just felt like everyone who was uh you know we all flew in but the people who couldn't just couldn't participate to the same level and there's a lot of missed interactions you know those hallway water cooler conversations you know like oh we're all having lunch and just chit-chatting which is like actually really important to the long-term like success of that team of just the rapport building and it's all that other stuff you're not going to do that on zoom so much you know just the the like the chit-chat icebreaker stuff I agree. In in person, if you can do it and it's cost effective, like if they're close or local, uh, it's definitely a better idea. Because as Phil said, you know, those hallway conversations, when you're on Zoom, you're only talking about the project that's at hand. Those hallway conversations will sort of reveal, hey, we're doing this project because in two years, we actually want to get to this point, right? Like, oh, that's interesting information to know. Okay, maybe that helps influence what we're working on now so we can put you in a better spot to be able to, you know, get to that end goal. Uh, and those you just won't have if you're just fully remote. And I know hybrid is not that great, especially for the people that can't join, but at the same time, you don't wanna miss out on those hallway conversations. If you, you know, if some people can at least go um, and, you know, have those water cooler chats. And like have that shared meal, you know, after the big long day kickoff, you know, go like, have a burger and a beer and just like 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 you're saying cream a lot of stuff comes up in those like more relaxed conversations later that's really useful not that we're I, it kind of sounds like we're just manipulating like these relationships but it's just like it's just a sort of natural human behavior to yeah. learn about each other and you know find ways to benefit i mean i agree that in person is going to be um more effective in terms of relationship building I don't think, though, that that means then that all online is not sufficient or that it doesn't still work. I still think that having these calls and being able to share some anecdotes about yourself um, in ways that are not forced and uh, making the introverts uh, squirm. I think there are still <laughs> ways that you can do that um, if everybody's you know, on a call together. Uh, you're not going to get the same level of uh, knowledge about individuals on the project, but I think you get a good sense of how the team can operate and the overall personality of the client that you're working with and gives you enough information on, on how you can move forward and the level of um, casualness, is that a word, um, that you can move forward with after that kickoff. Right. And I think it's fair to say, like, even if the initial kickoff is in person, the follow-up meetings and stand-ups and conversations are largely not going to be in that same format. So. Yeah, having some idea of how you interact on that remote uh, method, it can also be helpful, even though it may not be ideal for the kickoff. Um, it is still doable. And I think anyone here would agree, and having a kickoff of some kind, whether it's in-person or remote or even hybrid, is better than doing nothing. Uh, and Or just sending out an email and saying, hey, here's the project we're starting. Oh, yeah. You know. So granted, that probably goes without saying, but it's still, I think, worth noting that Right. The, the, <laughs> the most, the most interaction you can get, go for it. And I, and I sat here advocating for <clears throat> in person, but I still begrudge it when I, you know, being a parent of young <laughs> kids, it's still a hassle. I'd rather just do it online and get out of the way. But that bias aside, that, you know, it's, there's like a hierarchy, but doing nothing is always a bad decision, a bad idea. Right. Not being yeah, prepared, say, not kicking it off. Yeah. 
you do nothing, you didn't kick it off. <laughs> you just... You'll get, you'll get, yeah, you'll get what you put into it if that's how the project's starting. Yeah, and just to be clear, most of our kickoffs are still remote, right? Um, we try to take advantage where we can, but you're not doomed if you're doing, you know, remote kickoffs because most of ours are that way and all our projects go successfully. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. As you said, it, it's a hierarchy and you want to you wanna maximize as much as you can. So don't just, yeah, email or text your clients like, hey, here, here's what we're doing. <laughs> I am curious, just, uh, I know, once again, this probably highly depends on the type of project and if you are able to meet the person or not, but like, what should the expectation be for like how long that meeting goes and like how much you can cover in that time? Because there's a point where you, that you hit where it's no longer productive kickoff. Yeah stuff happening my experience uh my personal opinion is it should never be longer than an hour and it should only ever be sort of cursory and introductory so i think it's interesting though because i would agree that an effective kickoff meeting is an hour but if you're all gathering together in person maybe everyone flew in you know maybe the introduction meeting is an hour and then you break for lunch and then you maybe break into smaller groups where the dev team is talking about strategies and the ux team is you know interviewing people or, or you know whatever so i think it's worth noting like it's the kickoff process may be more than a single meeting but there is like an idea of a, a kickoff meeting trying to keep it short and sweet and to the point to start off on the right note absolutely so i think one follow-up you know obviously that meeting is going to be filled with a lot of initial interactions and asking questions and trying to get things sorted out. What what are the kinds of questions that you need to be asking during the kickoff meeting? Are we I mean, clear I guess on it, what we're building? Yeah. And the timelines. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be more of a confirming what you've agreed to yeah. than exploratory questions. Um, Correct. Unless, you know, if they start going through their current application and the problem that they're facing, then you would ask questions related to the context that they're giving. But I don't know that you can go into a kickoff with questions in mind, other than just as, as Kareem said. Because that's really, that is a whole discovery project. That discovery might be what you're right? kicking off is the discovery. I guess some, I guess some more, some other questions though, are uh, I regularly see come up is like, What's the best way to communicate? You know, what's the what's the preferred uh, chat text messaging solution? You know, do you guys use Slack? Do you use Teams? Can we get uh, into those? Because to so it's not all on Zoom or on calls. There's all this other out of band communication. So getting those kind of rules established uh, and sometimes logistics. talking about meeting times. Yeah, just just all yeah. It's like a yeah, lot of logistics stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's kind of it's setting up the the cadence and the expectation for like what is this going to look like on a day to day basis. I think there are a lot of those kinds of, and you'll have probably going into it some idea, but right. it's yeah, kind of like what Kareem was saying. This that meeting can be a helpful like, all right, we're all on the same page on this, right? Like this is the expectation. Here's what we're planning. Here's what that's going to look like. I mean, on, I feel like uh, there could be a whole podcast episode of onboarding experiences because it can be very different from client to client and uh, hopefully if it's going to be rough you've got an idea that, about what needs to be done ahead of time before the kickoff but the kickoff might be covering that kind of stuff too like okay you'll need these accounts we'll need to talk to so-and-so to you know enable your email accounts or whatever um, those are all definitely important and I, I guess my experience with 
those situations have been when you've had a, a team that's just had a good report from the beginning that someone really helps guide you through like, oh yeah, this was like onboarding with a with us, but you know, hopefully it won't be too painful and they really want to see that get done versus someone who kind of got thrown the task, like, uh, okay, I'll, you know, <laughs> like they're really disengaged and it's maybe getting in the way of supporting their other uh day-to-day clients. Um that's kind of an important uh part I feel like because that can eat up a lot of time early in a project is just getting that early onboarding stuff out of the way. I'm gonna see it like you know navigation directions where hey we have a few options to choose from. Let's lay out the plan and our route to get there. So making sure we're going to the same place. Are we taking this freeway or this freeway? Are toll roads acceptable? If we can speed up this part of it, uh, right? Uh, otherwise, if everyone's going every different place, they might get to different places or they might. some people might end up at the end before others do, right? Uh, and so just making sure that sort of project plan is laid out uh, and we're clear on you know, the logistics, the cadences, the stand-ups, all of that stuff as well. I would like to say that that felt like a very apt metaphor and you could keep going with that for a long time. So, well Ooh. used. <laughs> Good job, Kareem. <laughs> Sweet. So I'm curious just from y'all's experience, like are there any other like best practices or lessons learned or things that kind of stick out in your mind when you think about kickoffs that you've done that would be helpful to know uh, for, for those listening? I think what you brought up earlier is really key, which is to have the internal kickoff first. You and Phil, I guess everyone was kind of talking about how that really sets you up for success when you do have that kickoff with a client. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, and I think not so much like being the initial meeting, but that just finding ways to establish rapport early on, you know, share something about yourself, like, you know, you're, be a human, not just like a stuffy professional consultant, because that can go a long way, you know, uh, after the fact of like, uh, like I'm just trying to think of past instances where like um, I discovered me and a, another one of the leads on there on the client side just have a shared interest in, in like some sci-fi show. And we end up spending like 30 minutes just talking about that. And that seems all silly, like, because we're talking about it after the fact, but it's like that definitely starts like a, a just a good working relationship you know like it's always a good sign when uh when you're talking to a client one of the first things they want to ask you about is like oh hey did you see the last, latest episode of this before we get to whatever we're doing um because it's like okay they actually like enjoy your company um and that's that's important so yeah just general breaking that tension between companies and developing rapport and then doing what you can even prior to the kickoff, right? So we talked about internal kickoff meetings, uh, but there's other stuff that you can do as well to make for a more successful kickoff. So background checks are needed or laptops or access, uh, things like that, right? Um, the, the main person on your side can start reaching out to the point of contact on the client side to get that going. Because what you don't want is you do the kickoff and then you have to sit around for a couple of days or weeks until you get the proper access to really get going, right? That kills momentum. And so doing all the prep work to make sure that at kickoff time, you know, it's all smooth and everyone's ready to hit the ground running at that point. I, I really, I really did like Phil, what you were saying though, about like building rapport. I feel like that's a, that's an, a really easy to miss step, but 
kind of realizing like I'm going to be working closely with these people and even if it may not be intentional like you can come across kind of guarded or like disinterested in working with people if you're kind of hesitant to like get to know them in that way even if you're just like yeah. all business and in your mind you're being professional but it can come across as really cold or as like oh I'm not interested in really working with these people so I think yeah just kind of recognizing that you know importance of being a human and and I, I like, think I see that that's also very kind of I think as more of a senior and as you're further along in your career, you see that. And I see it more with our more junior uh, employees that, yeah, I, oh, I have to behave this way. I can't do anything that like isn't professional. Um, and then, right, it get, it just kind of creates this like aloof, disengaged, um, like uh, a persona that is maybe not what they meant to project. Where some of our, I think some of our like best uh you know and most experienced uh developers and designers here are totally just easy going right from the bat you know anyone would love to work with them and that's i think a big part of the success it also makes it easier should you hit a pothole and get a flat tire right to work with the client you'd rather have a friend help you change that tire yeah. than just some stranger exactly. or nobody mm -hmm. Especially because right. these emergency services take forever to arrive, right? <laughs> exactly. Sitting on the side of the road in the heat for like three hours. I think we need to we need to push this metaphor as far as we can. Pushing it down the road. Even if you're out of gas, you gotta keep pushing it. I was gonna say it's better to push the metaphor than push the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I think uh to kind of wrap things up. If you feel free to work in as many driving puns or metaphors as you want, but I guess just kind of thinking through like if there was one thing like the number one most important thing you would recommend for like someone who is about to kick off a project and maybe they haven't done it before or they're not sure kind of what to approach or how to approach it uh what's like just one thing that can make a huge difference for me it's um the internal kickoff really could add that extra layer of polish to the external kickoff you have with the client right having everything uh, sort of figured out. Here are the dependencies, here are the questions we don't know. So that when it does come time, we wanna make best use of the client's time, right? Not be wasteful. So if we come prepared, it just makes for a better sort of initial uh, impression and experience. I agree. I was gonna say something along the same lines. If you're the lead or the, or the project manager, something along those lines to do the homework and set your team up for success. And remind everybody that they belong in the room that they're in and to carry that confidence with them as they're introducing themselves to the client. It makes a huge difference. Thanks for connecting with us today. If you have a complex software problem that needs solving, thoughts on what we discussed today, or ideas on what topics we should tackle next, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at experoinc.com or on Twitter at experoinc. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us and we look forward to connecting with you next time.